the We Are Dog Nation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. This is the International We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and that is show for Dog Nation. And our dogs take the field, duly field, at Sanford Stadium and curb stomp the Arkansas State Red Wolves by the score of 55-0 for the third shutout under the Kirby Smart era. The other two, Austin P 45-0. Last season, and of course in 2017, in Neyland Stadium, we just stumped all over the hearts of Tennessee Volunteers by a score of 41-0. to zero. And there are many more to come throughout the Kirby Smart era. We're just getting started, baby. We're just getting started. But what a beautiful gesture. What a wonderful day on that noon kickoff. Honoring the great late Wendy Anderson, the, the, um, the wife of head coach Blake Anderson. The dog fans showed out. Many people wore pink, be it pink shirts, pink buttons, pink ribbons. The Spice Squad had a pair of pink shoulder pads to give to Blake Anderson. Just a wonderful gesture. The show humanity and love. There's something that's just bigger than football. And that was just a great moment yesterday. And way to go for our fans, for our team, for our players to honor someone else that has nothing to do with them. That was just a great moment. One of the few things that make UGA great. This this showing out. Just showing out. It was just a great moment. But, on to the field. All five. I know it's Arkansas State. I know it's Arkansas State. But, all five of our running back score. That was amazing. And we did what we were supposed to do. 55 to 0. Blowing them out. Getting the, the backup, the what the walk-on quarterback into the game. That was great. So I'm not going to really dwell on them. But I played a clip in the beginning. For those of you who don't know, that was from 2017. We beat Notre Dame on a home field 2019. That play, Davin Bellamy came around, stripped the ball, got the ball back, ball game over. I was like, whew. That game had me just on pins and needles, and I was just so glad when it finally was over and we won. But I can tell you, look here. What happened in 2017, how close it was? Oh, that's not happening in Athens, Georgia. Not Saturday night. It will not be close at all. We're going to curb, stomp, kick around, and boot that little leprechaun back to South Bend, Indiana. That's what's going to happen. But I'm going to put a pause right there for a second. I'm going to come back to Notre Dame in a minute. I'm going to get a couple things out of the way here. So 12 o'clock game. A couple things I brought to my attention or I heard was talking about. And some people started talking about the 12 o'clock game. Okay, you know, 
kind of early. We don't really, you know, like 12 o'clock kickoffs. But you know what? I heard Kirby say some about 12 o'clock games that really make a lot of sense to me. And he said, you know, a lot of times on 12 o'clock games, the game is done, it's out the way, and you can go spend time with your family. Like, you know what? You know, that's, that's, that's major. Because, we, you know, the coaches go around and they recruiting all the time and they in California, then Tennessee, then Florida, they all over the place bringing the best players in the country. There's a lot of work that goes into that and a lot of time away from your family, a lot of time to sacrifice. So you do have those 12 o'clock kickoff games. You can go in there, take care of business, and get it done. You spend some quality time surrounding your wife and your kids, watching games and having refreshments. That's just a great time. And, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. So there needs to be a couple of 12 o'clock games, I think, every year. We kind of keep a balance because sometimes you need to slow down in life. And so while we all excited about what the coaches are doing and going back and forth, I can really appreciate when someone takes the time to slow down and get that quality family time in because not I know it's important, but it's just it's so rare that they have it because college football, there is no offseason. I mean, it's an all-season as far as no games, but it's you're constantly improving. You're constantly going. So, I'm all for that. And then I heard another coach talking about how they wish they could play 10 SEC games a year and two Power 5 games. And I see where he's coming from about competition, make, it tougher, make the schedule tougher, and, uh, you know, they can look at it come to playoff college football playoff times and stuff like that. But I disagree with that. I would like to see your regular conference games give a out of conference power fives, you know, game every year. You know, playing play a Clemson, playing a Notre Dame, playing Oklahoma, like once a year. Then put in those two cupcake games a year. Because a lot of a lot of fans, you know, don't have the money to go and spend four, five hundred dollars, two, three hundred dollars on tickets. And I'm not trying to spend that much on tickets every time when I do though. So it's good to get those powder puff games and those cupcake games in there where you spend like $55 or $60 or $70 per ticket. And you still get, get go, go and enjoy the experience. You know it's a blowout. It's still Athens, Georgia. It's never, it's never a wasted trip when you go to Athens, Georgia. And then plus, when you do give when you do give the cupcake games on your schedule the money that we pay them be it $500,000 or $700,000 or $900,000 or a million dollars or whatever they're making to come there that money goes towards funding the other school athletic program and can take care of their budget for the whole year the recruiting budget for their baseball budget their basketball budgets that check can cover the whole entire athletic program because every athletic program does not bring in the money that Georgia does or schools like Georgia does. So that's very important. So I think it's good. And sometimes you need a warm-up game. You need a game to say, okay, let me get some kinks out the way. And then sometimes those lesser schools, that's a good opportunity for them to say, you know what, let me see what I can do against big-time opponents. And they can get recognized by NFL. So I would not just totally eliminate cupcake games. I would say two a season, one out of conference, and the rest conference. And go from there. 
And another, another player, you know, I, you know, I give I give him credit. He's a Florida Gator, but I give him credit. Tim Tebow apparently either got passed or is looking to get passed. There's a bill out in California that's going to allow uh, college players to get endorsement money. He was totally against that, and and I had to agree with him because I think this this one of the things that made college football so special. It makes it special because. When a kid commits to a school, I mean, his heart and his soul is into it. When you come out NFL, it's all about the money, basically. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go out and get drafted. But after that, who's going to pay the money? Who's going to give the biggest contract? When you bring that type of mentality into college, it's going to ruin it. And I don't want to see that side of that coming to college football. And that's part of the reason why, the, I guess, the purity of it, why I'm I'm not a big time NFL fan. I watch NFL. I play fantasy football and all that good stuff. But I don't have a favorite NFL team. Number one, my motto is there's too many Bulldogs in NFL to have one favorite team. I cannot go against somebody who wore red and black. It's just that's just hard for me. You know, I can simply say I don't. Li- I can sit up here and say I don't like the Patriots or I don't like Tom Brady. But then the Bulldogs have like what four? I mean, the Patriots have, like, what, four Bulldogs over there? They got Sonny Michelle. They got Zed Wynn. They got David Andrews. They have Malcolm Mitchell. So it's kind of hard to go, yeah, I don't really like the Patriots. No, I can't say that. I remember when Atlanta was playing the Patriots, and y'all won Atlanta to win the Super Bowl. But it was hard because I'm like, who catching that football like that? It was Malcolm Mitchell. So how do I boo somebody who wore the red and black by getting a ring? I couldn't boo Sonny Michelle last year when he was – Doing what he, you know, doing his thing and scoring the only touchdown Super Bowl, and so it's kind of hard for me to get into pro like that. But in college, you sign up outside the transfer portal. I mean, you sign up and you're dedicated for the next four to five years or three to five years of your life being at the school. Like you, once a dog, you always a dog. You can't say once a falcon, always a falcon, or once a bear, always a bear. You can't say that when you got like five or four teams on your NFL resume. You go where the money go. And so, um, I think overall, the fans are more passionate about college football than about pro football. There's, there's a purity there. It's like, you know, you want to see that, you kind of see that young man come out of high school and come to college, and you see him grow up for your very eyes. So that, that's my take on that. But on to the main dish. Look, we all knew Vanderbilt was gonna we gonna beat we was gonna beat them. Arkansas State, Murray State, of the same. We all were paying attention when we saw that schedule. September 21st, night. Notre Dame comes to town. Getting ready for them. Now I would I gotta give Kirby Smart all the credit in the world, all the props in the world. Because this guy really has the team bought in. I got to get the players, all the props in the world. They got them bought in. Like, Nate McBride was saying how they're treating each team, each game like it's a national championship. I mean, they are seriously bought in like that. Sometimes it's like a cliche. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are really bought in like that. Literally one game at a time, and probably one of the biggest blessings 
it's going to point to back over the next few years when that dynasty train, and I keep saying it, there is a dynasty coming through Athens, Georgia. I like, again, I'm so glad I got this podcast because I can always point back and say I said it back then. There is a dynasty coming to Athens, Georgia. But that Notre Dame, that, that loss against uh, Texas in the Sugar Bowl is going to be a key to why, one of the keys to why we have a dynasty coming because we kind of just took for granted and we're going to beat Texas and whatever. We want the best four teams in the country, but we, we ain't going to play like that. On, in the Sugar Bowl. And we got a bus handed to us. That woke us up. That made us dial in even more so to each and every game. They are bought in. And somebody brought up, well, you know, it's some bulletin board material uh, for Notre Dame because of what the Georgia players were saying last year about how the top tour, the top four teams was a joke. And I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about that talent, that determination, and the mindset and the culture change down there. It's not going to be pretty for Notre Dame. I mean, I know we won last time, 2019, in the last minute. I can assure you, it's not going down like that this time. So I got my point spread. And I'm not saying we can't or we, we, we won't. It'd be nice to score in the 60s or the 50s. But I've got a score on this point on this point spread against Notre Dame. 42 to 48 points. And allowing Notre Dame to get between 17 and 20 points. So overall, I'm gonna say we're gonna beat Notre Dame by mm, a minimum, a minimum 21 points or more. That's my spread on the game. 21 points or more beatdown. A full three touchdown beatdown against the Fighting Irish and Notre Dame, who will not be able to put up much of a fight. You know, Notre Dame think they, you know, we on national stage, we used to the big lights and all this stuff. It don't matter. You're not used to this beatdown they're about to get. Because we're coming. We're coming strong, and it's going to be wonderful. 8 o'clock kickoff Saturday night. I won't be there. But either I'll be at a sports bar or be by my TV. And speaking of a sports bar, I'm looking to do something here. Um, I'm try- If those you listen to on podcasts or on Twitter or Facebook, if, if you live in the Atlanta metro area and you know a place where a lot of dog fans go to celebrate the dogs, be not at the games, please reach out to me and let me know. Because I'm thinking about uh, reaching out to some of you guys here on Facebook and Twitter and just finding a spot for us all to go and watch the games. Because I tell you, I went to the Vanderbilt game. Well, no, see, I went to the sports bar during the Vanderbilt game. All the Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings and the one I was at wasn't many Georgia fans. I'm like, man, I'm sitting here cheering for the dogs and clapping and stuff and calling out, calling out names. And there's nobody to high five. That really sucked. So I'm going to reach out to a lot of to on Facebook and Twitter, find out where y'all at, and let's get together as dog fans in red and black 
and let's cheer on our dog. When you're not in the Stanford Stadium, let's come together. I know being at home is fun and grilling and stuff, but it's something about coming together as dog fans and just taking over a spot and being all loud and rowdy in a sober way. <laughs> well, I'm a sober. I'll be sober, but you know, whatever. Look, looking for that. So anyway, that's my prediction. 21 point beat down of the fighting Irish who will not put much of a fight. We're going to stump on the leprechaun. If this is your first time listening to podcast, please come back. I am here every Sunday evening after each game. I appreciate you coming and listening and tuning in and clicking on that button. If you are a return listener, I thank you so much for constantly following with me and and uh, as I do this podcast. As you know, I love talking about our dogs. But anyway, that's it for this evening. We're going to turn this here in, and I'm so excited about next Saturday night. But until then, have a great Bulldog week. Have a great Bulldog month. And as always, go dogs. Sick. Woo.